This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Mike Bagley, producer Trey, and the entire MRN crew here with you yet again on the heels of Speed Weeks 2022 and the Daytona 500, which was won by Austin Cendrick. Team Penske, what a great Speed Weeks. Let me just start by saying this. It was so, so awesome to have so many people at the racetrack all week long. And then, of course, it built up and built up and built up. And we had a jam-packed crowd in the Daytona International Speedway on Sunday for the 500. They ran out of things to sell. They couldn't sell any more seats, any more infield camping spaces. They couldn't sell any more fan zone access. Seems like that uh, now that we've gotten the season off and running, a lot of curiosity about the sport. A lot of folks pent up, want to come out to the racetrack, and we're so glad to have you. We've missed you. Last year's 500 run 35% capacity with um, with crowd being allowed into the stands we were 100 percent, and everybody turned up and turned out and we had a we had a wonderful time as we head into fontana this weekend we mentioned austin cendrick a, a sunoco rookie of the year contender winning the daytona 500 we had a chance to visit with him on media day that was the wednesday before the 500 this was a week ago yesterday we wanted to give you a little contrast compare what he sounded like going in when he sat down in the 500 club with us here at MRN. Uh, and then we wanted to let you hear what he sounded like after he won the 
the sport's biggest prize just four days later. Here again, one week ago yesterday, Media Day 2022 at Daytona. We are speaking of Austin Sendrick, who sits down with us. Hello. How's it going, guys? Oh, great. How about you? Oh, can't complain. I mean, there's a there's a car in that garage over there with my name on it, and it's the Daytona 500. So if I'd be complaining, someone would have a problem. And we were talking last night. I think it's the first time ever that the Penske 2 cars had rookie stripes on the back of it. So for you to make your Daytona 500, you know, debut in that car and, and you know, or, or, you know, make your first full-time Cup Series start in that car and, uh, you know, with all the history behind it, I'm sure that means a lot to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think those rookie stripes are the only thing keeping from people thinking it's Brad in the car. <laughs> I, I've even looked at the timing scoring and tried to find where Brad has been at all these tests. And I'm like, where, where's Brad? Where's Brad? I'm like, wait, he's not in the two car. <laughs> so I, if there's any race fans out there that will make that mistake or if you guys make that mistake, I'm with you. I've been watching Brad in the two car for a long time. And like you said, he moved on into in a, into an ownership role. But, you know, I'm obviously really excited. There's there's a lot to be excited about for this year and uh, what we've got going for us and with the new car and uh, a, a brand new race team to me um so i'm, I'm excited to, to go through that process and, and uh, make the most of it plus you get jeremy bullens as your crew chief i know you didn't want to lose brian wilson but you're getting a pretty good crew chief in jeremy bullens as well yeah i mean jeremy's been with the team for a really long time been successful you know he and brad were really close to winning the cup championship together and, and like you mentioned I've, I've been with brian for the last four or five years so him moving up and, and, and that race team a lot of those core guys that, that i worked with on the xfinity side have moved up onto the 21 so really happy that they have that opportunity and we still have the, the chance to work together obviously just not directly so, uh, but but yeah, l- learning new people and kind of being the new guy with with a really established group is is a different experience for me. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it and excited uh, excited to finally get started. We've done a lot of talking about it, a lot of theorizing, a lot of wondering how things are going to be. And you know, it, come Sunday, we'll we'll have a have somewhere to start. Before we let you go, one one thing that's amazing about you is is I've been able to watch you mature. I remember when you were doing the part time effort with Roush Fenway. It was a little rough. I mean, you, there's there's you, some rough days. You yeah. had a learning curve. They've all been on TV too. But <laughs> <laughs> every single stock car race I've done has been on TV, and I can tell you that I've heard plenty about how how much I sucked when I started. But you've come a long way, and you're taking over a legendary ride. What's that learning curve and that learning journey been like to get you where you are as being an Xfinity Series champion and now a Cup Series rookie? Yeah, it's it's certainly something that that I probably didn't anticipate. You know, even even you think back a couple of years. You know, my first race in a stock car to Dylan's point was an ARCA race at Iowa. You know, I've, I've still to this day never driven a late model, didn't do any short track dirt stuff. You know, I I come from a, a much different background than a lot of my competitors. And you look at the 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 guys you know that are rookies with me this year. You know, Todd and Harrison both are very traditional stock car racing backgrounds coming up through late models, and then you know ARCA, and then going into the trucks, Xfinity Cup. You you know the, the traditional route, and I'm I'm like a mutt. I've been everywhere. Like I've got a little bit of everything in me, and it's 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 fun because I feel like it pulls pulls you know different notebooks out that other people may may not have. But it also makes me different, and sometimes different is 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 concerning. You know, so I, I have to you know sometimes uh, dance around that lightly. But other otherwise, it's it's been a it's been a really fun ride, and it, it's been something that I probably didn't see happening you know five years ago if you would have told me five years ago that i'd be driving the two car you know for my first season in cup let alone um i I probably wouldn't have believed you and uh, i i'm i'm very grateful for the opportunity i think it's a great responsibility to drive that car but um certainly still got a job to do 
All right, that was Wednesday at Media Day. We go on through the rest of the week. We have the blue-green vacation duel at Daytona, all the practices. We have the Daytona 500. He walks away being the 41st winner of the Daytona 500. Here's how he sounded after he was able to take that checkered flag and the trophy. Austin Sindrick is out of the car. A great big war call going up to the door. The crew burying him with beer and water and all kinds of stuff. Confetti flying down through the air as he rolls down and jumps down off from the car. Austin Sindrick, you are a Daytona 500 champion. Your thoughts? What an unbelievable day. What an unbelievable car. Um, appreciate Ryan being such a great teammate there. I know he wants to win this one. I know so many drivers have tried so many years to win this race. And to do it my second time, to do it with, with Team Penske, Discount Tire, Menards, Auto Trader, Freightliner, everybody who makes this possible, in front of a packed house for the Daytona 500 ruin the playoffs, I can't think of a better day to, to celebrate. Walk us through turn four to the start-finish line. What'd you do? Oh, man, I thought about it for the last 10 minutes under that red flag, just knowing that whoever behind me was going to have to take the run, and I was going to have to block it in the short shoot, and I knew I, th I was going to be able to hold the momentum once I got to the tri-oval, so it was, uh, it was definitely not easy. Glad I had uh, some forward help there, and uh, wow, what, a, what an awesome day. Roger Penske's 85th birthday. I'd say you did well with the birthday gift. What does it mean to you to give the captain maybe the ultimate birthday gift? Oh, it's amazing. I think it's the only one you can be confident you can re-gift. It's, <laughs> it's an amazing achievement you know, for me just to, just to think I'm the Daytona 500 winner. I, I would have never dreamed it. And, um, and, and with a group of, of people like this, people that believed in me for, through thick and thin and um, really believed in my development. And oh my God, I am pumped. Both of your grandfathers, a rich history in the sport, or Indy 500 champions. What does it mean for you personally as a Cindric to etch your name now into a historic record book? Man, I love this sport. I love racing. I love everything about it. I can't imagine myself doing anything with it, other than drive race cars and be around this in my life. So I'm just blessed to have the people and the family around me that believe in me. And oh, what an amazing day. Amazing day. Congratulations. Enjoy. Thanks, man. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. That's Austin Sindrick, your 2022 Daytona 500 winner. One of the cool things about the 500 is that we always get international calls. Motor Racing Network, obviously, broadcasts worldwide, but the 500 is also broadcast in different languages. Let's take a listen to the international calls. Se tiene que defender Sindrick, está tratando de bloquear la línea interna, recibe otra vez el push de Ryan Blaney. Blaney a su vez había sido empujado por Boa Wallace. Por arriba parece uh. que no tiene lo necesario Brad Keselowski que tiene que recibir el no empuje de Chase Briscoe. Ahí viene Briscoe, ahí viene Blaney. Blaney empuja nuevamente Va a Austin Sindrick. Sindrick por la parte interna, Blaney creo que no tiene el espacio. Sindrick está haciendo el auto ancho, quiere cubrir dos líneas uh. al mismo tiempo y eso es lo que está intentando. Otra vez, buen push por parte de Boba Wallace cuando atrás están apretando mucho Blaney tratando de ser bloqueado no. lo bloquea perfectamente y uh. puede ser Boba Wallace 
¿Qué pasó ganó, por aquí? Ganó el 2, no, pero no, Wallace no, cruza no, no, con no. nada, partner. Partner, ay, yo digo que ganó Sindrick, sí. pero sí, sí, Boba sí, Wallace, te lo dije, wow. te lo dije, Blaney va a ir por su carrera. Blaney va a atacar y fue el que sacó la peor parte y por poco le entrega la victoria en las 500 al equipo de Bel 23-11. Gran resultado para Boba Wallace, se quedó a 0.036 de ganar Daytona. That's how it sounded on Fox Sports 3, the Mexico call there. Now let's check out the Polish call. Z pewnością Ryan Blaney liczy teraz na to, że uda mu się wystoczyć jeszcze na zewnętrzną stronę. Odciął teraz Zindrita od tego wsparcia i jest wspierany przez Pampeo Lesa. Na pewno będzie próbował tutaj po zewnętrznej stronie. Ryan Blaney ociera się o ścianę. Austin Zindrit, Pampeo Lesa po wewnętrznej stronie Zindrit. To był chyba Austin Zindrit. Tak jest. Austin Zindrit wygrywa tegoroczną Daytonę 500. Here is the Hungarian call of the Daytona 500. Keslavski, vagy esetleg Sindrik, Blini is ott van még, Prisco lemarad, Valasz is szeretne beleszólni. Prisco elszállt teljesen, ez innentől kezdve azt hiszem, hogy négy esélyes. És nézd meg Baba Valaszt, micsoda lendület van benne. És a külső éve próbál elmenni Blini, Sindrik tartja, a belső éve jön Valasz, Baba Valasz, vagy Sindrik, Baba Valasz az élet. And this is the Portuguese call. Calbus tenta vir, mas não vai dar. Eu diria que isto está mais ou menos feito ao Sindrik que vai entrar na reta da meta. E vai, o pai ganhou aí, entretanto, Kyle Busch ali com Chase Briscoe, os dois contra o Muro Plenty, empurrado. Olha para o Wallace. E para o Wallace vai tocar e é para o Wallace E grande acidente para o Michael Wallace. Vai ser para o Bubba Wallace. Vitória para o Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Não, temos aqui o incidente com o... David Reagan, no carro da Rick Não, foi Cindric que venceu. O Cindric venceu na frente do Wallace. Não termina. Não consegue. Blaney, esta é a vitória para o Cinec, vitória para o Rookie. O número 2, o carro que o ano passado era da Brad Kozlowski, vence as Daytona 500, ganhou o Rookie. Roger Pence que está extremamente contente. O capitão que fez anos. Boy, it's so great hearing that passion coming out of all those announcers there, bringing the great American race to a worldwide audience. Look forward to that each and every year. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country, offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel. This show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.
whatever. Let's shift gears here. Let's talk some NASCAR Xfinity Series racing with a gentleman that won in his first race out with Richard Childress Racing. Austin Hill won the Beef It's What's For Dinner 300 at Daytona. Matter of fact, he joins us right now on Zoom. Austin, welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm uh, actually sitting in a little meeting room at the GoPro Motorplex. Once I get done with this thing, uh, going to hop in a cart and do some more uh, more training with Josh Wise and Scott Speed to get ready for uh, get ready for Fontana. You did a number on him at Daytona in the right place at the right time. So much to talk to you about as far as Daytona was concerned. Congratulations on winning the season opener and congratulations on winning your first race out with Richard Childress Racing. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It uh, it just it just happened the perfect way. You know, it, you think about how you're going to plan your run. You think about, you know, the last 10 laps, I'm sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what's the 16 going to do and, and what can I do um, to kind of back up to the guy behind me to get the run and when do I want to make my pass and make my move. So I'd say with about five or so to go, I had it in my mind set in stone. I wasn't going to make a move until off of turn two. So, you know, I, I basically was like, look, if, if the wreck hap- if the wreck happens when we take the white before turn two, it just wasn't meant to be. And I'm going to wait until turn two down the back stretch. I'm going to try to make something happen. And I thought the nine was going to work with me a little bit better there with about three to go he ducked out of line to go to the bottom and i almost thought we were kind of a sitting duck there for a second and i saw that the the 98 and a few other guys were forming up on the top still so i was like all right i'm gonna stay here and i knew i needed to side draft the nine to slow him down um because i didn't need him to get clear of me because if he did that would have made it a lot more a lot tougher so you know i'm side drafting the nine we're coming to the white flag and going into turn one i start backing up to the 98 uh, I, I actually go to the bottom because I cleared the bottom lane and then I went back to the top because I saw the run was coming and I drug a little break back to the 98 and the 16 just got way out there. He was three or so car lengths ahead and was able to just get a really good shot from, from Riley. He pushed me really good down the back stretch and I was able to just do that crossover move on, on the 16, uh, got beside him and then next thing you know, I hear my spotter saying, hey, they're wrecking out back, stay in it. I look in the mirror and I just see smoke and then I look back down and you know you you have the green light entering turn three I'm sitting there waiting on it to flash yellow and right as it flashed yellow I looked to the right of me and I was ahead of of AJ by like half car length so I was like 99% sure I had won the race but you always have that little bit you have that 1% where you're like man you know where are they where did the caution actually occur like when did the caution light come on and then when I got to the start finish line, they, they told me it was it was official that, that I had got it done. And uh, I'm still trying to get my voice back. <clears throat> I'm a little hoarse right now. My uh, I was screaming and yelling. And to win for, for RCR, to win for Richard Childress was just something that, I don't know, you just, in the moment and everything, it was just to think about it now. It, it was something that's so special that I'm going to think about for a very long time. To win at Daytona, it was just, it was awesome. What was the first thing RC said to you when he got to you after you won the race? Yeah, so like I said, I don't know, ex- I don't know exactly um, how how he came across, but it was something along the lines of, you know, man, I am so proud of you. You got the job done. I knew you could do it. Um, and just to see his emotion, just to see how excited he was, because you know he's won so many races. Um, in his career uh, with so many different drivers and you know names like Earnhardt and things like that so um, 
to see how excited it, he was, it was like he, he won his first NASCAR race. I mean, that's that's how just he was he was beside himself. And, you know, I, I know he's been wanting to win and, and wanting to um, get the job done for, for, you know, a long time with with this Xfinity program, you know, ever since Reddit came in, it just seemed like they were missing a little bit of upbeat or, you know, I don't know exactly what it was, but they were just missing a little bit. And he, he's felt really good about me and Sheldon coming in and, and running this two car uh, team. So just to see his emotions, see, see, you know, just the way he was spraying champagne bottles everywhere and just uh it was just pure emotion and i was so excited for for rcr and, and rc and um i just thought it was huge for the organization to start off with a bang like that first time ever working with them was uh was big it was big for me i feel like it's big for my career you described how you in your mind had had the play mapped out you weren't going to do anything until you left two and on the back stretch. is that is that a textbook play or does it does it change depending on the situation where you're at what you're doing when do you normally decide to go when you're in a position to go yeah so i think a lot of it depends on where you're running on the racetrack i think you know with me being in second i think that it made it a little bit easier for me to uh just decide hey i'm not making this move until uh turn two um i thought that my decision that I had made was going to be a little bit differently once I saw the nine go to the bottom and I saw that the I didn't know how good the outside lane was going to be with the 98 behind me just because I hadn't really worked a whole lot with the 98 that day. Um, you know, we with him being a Ford, us being a Chevy, I was trying to work with all my, my Chevy uh, teammates. And so I didn't know how good of a pusher he was going to be. Didn't really know much about, about his car, you know, how fast they were. But I knew I didn't really want to get pinned on the bottom either. You know, the nine got pinned on the bottom and there was nothing he could really do with me side drafting and everything else. So I stayed on that top lane and was just able to time time that pass perfectly. I think it depends, you know, if I'm leading the race or let's say I'm back in fourth or fifth, maybe I make my move a lot sooner than off the turn two. So it's just all depends on how the runs are coming as well. You know, if I would have got down in a one and two and that top lane didn't get coming in like it did, I might not have been able to make that move off of two like I did. So it would have changed like as that last lap goes on, you're just constantly thinking of, all right, when's this guy going to do, you know, try to duck out of line and, and make a different move. So you just got to be thinking like right on the spot. You mentioned your teammate Sheldon Creed over there at RCR in the two car. One of the things I noticed early on in that race, you two were working together. You got, you got broken up, but when the two of you got together, you weren't overly aggressive. It's almost it's almost like you gave him enough juice, just what you needed to, but you didn't get too carried away with that. Does that make sense? And was that the case? Yeah, it, it obviously makes a, it a lot easier when you have a teammate behind you and you know that they're going to work with you to just kind of get in line and just kind of chill for a little while and not be too crazy. Um, I was trying to work with Sheldon like early in the race. I was wanting us to get together and, you know, uh, you know, colleague is, they, they get, uh, cars from RCR, they you know there's an alliance there. So I was wanting to work with the college cars, um, but it just seemed like the college cars wanted to do their own thing that that day for whatever reason. It seemed like those three cars wanted to work together, and 
they wanted to be ahead of us. So I kind of put it in my mind early in stage one, like, all right, it looks like the college cars are doing their own thing. I want to work with Sheldon and see what we can do there. And early in the race, you know, we got the bottom lane rolling and he pushed me out and got me clear to the top lane. And it just looked like the bottom lane got broken up. So I had to do my own thing there for a little while. We were able to kind of get back together for part parts of the race. But, I, you know, I, I would have felt a lot more comfortable with Sheldon behind me with, say, two to go than the nine car behind me because I felt like Sheldon would have worked with me a lot better than what the nine did. So um, whenever I saw that the nine was behind me and then I had to work with the 98, I didn't know exactly how that was going to play out. So it definitely makes it a lot easier to work with somebody like your teammate because you feel like you can trust them to stay in line, not do nothing silly, and you know at least give you that shot down the backstretch to get around the leader, and then maybe you two can race it out type of deal. You mentioned RC and his celebration and victory lane and the smile and all that. You know, I know you like to hunt, and I know he likes to hunt. Has he taken you out on one of his, his expeditions yet? No, so... At the beginning of the year, I want to say it was back in January. It might have been December. I don't know. We got to talking one day, and he brings me into his office. I'm looking at, you know, you know, on his wall, he's got her and, you know, all these different animals and stuff on his wall and stuff. And he gets to talking about going on this elk hunt. And I said, man, you know, elk hunting is something that, that it's like a, a bucket list of mine. It's something I want to do. And I said – What's it going to take for me to get on elk hunt? You know, when, when are we going to go do that? And he said, well, you got to win a race first. I said, all right, sounds good. We'll win a race. Well, then we have our little, we have our uh, a, a big team meeting going the week of uh, uh, Daytona. And he starts telling us like, hey, here's a few incentives that I have for you guys throughout the season. You know, I want the two team to win a minimum of two races this year. I want the 21 team to win a minimum of two races this year. We want y'all both be in the final four this or that so after the race is over i'm like hey i won and he starts telling me oh it's two races i was like what you told me that i had to win a race so now i have another incentive that i gotta go win another race so maybe at california this weekend we can go ahead go two for two and then he can't say another word about this whole <laughs> oh i told you this one elk cut I'm, I'm making it certain we are going elk cut that's something i've wanted to do for all my life and we're doing it we're making it happen this year what else is on that bucket list with the elk hunting entry that you have on there? <laughs> well, you know, obviously, you know, just going back to say racing, racing stuff, you know, a bucket list of mine is to uh, win a championship, you know, whether it's, whether it would have been in the truck level, whether it's the extended level, couple level, I just want to win a championship. And I think that RCR is a, is a great place that, that we can make it happen. Um, you know, there's some there's some different hunting trips that I'd like to go through, go to um, on the list. There's uh, I, I'm I'm a big fisherman. I love I love bass fishing and things like that. So um, you know, there's there's things there where I'd like to go to certain lakes and go to certain uh, places to, to go catch some fish. And um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think i think number one number one on the bucket list is to win the championship so hopefully we can we can put all the pieces together we're starting off on the right foot obviously with the win we're locked in and now we just get to learn all year we get to figure out each other um i get to figure out andy street my crew chief my spotter that was the first time working with Derek neyland and he did an awesome job um it was it was like the first stage we were just trying to figure each other out trying to figure out 
you know, where I wanted to be, if I wanted to be on the bottom top and, and when he would make a call, um, you know, when he would make, tell me to make a move, like, you know, how fast should I make that move or, or, or what I should do, do it, should I stay on the bottom? Should I do this or that? And we really just had a lot of trust in each other from the start of the race. And, uh, I think that just carried over to the end of the race. And, and I think that's why you saw us have a shot at it at the end is just, we're already building that relationship. We're already building that trust in each other. And I think that that's going to pay dividends when we get to the late part of the season and we're, we're fighting for this, this championship, uh, just having that trust in each other is going to go a long way. Well, you mentioned going to Fontana this weekend. Obviously that's going to be something new for you. It's a, it's a wide, it's a worn out, it's a slick racetrack. Is that, is that your cup of tea? Does that play into your wheelhouse? hundred percent. I, so I am, I am wore out racetrack all the way. I love it. Um, you know, I, I love when they had, you know, before they did what they did to Atlanta. I love how Atlanta's wore out. You know, Homestead, we went at Homestead in the trucks. Um, I feel like I get around those type of racetracks pretty well. Obviously, you have to have a fast race car. you got to have a car that's going to work for you. But I've really worked on that side of it for a long time when I was in my K&N days where and even late asphalt late model days where you'd have a set of tires for the whole race. So you had to save your right front, and right rear, and you couldn't burn it up. So I think I've, I've learned, you know, obviously you can get better each and every race. So I feel, I feel like I've learned and kind of somewhat perfected that not, not killing the right front early in the run or not killing the right rear early in the run to have that long run speed. And it's something that, that I've just really worked hard on. So I was able to, to run uh, in 2020 at, at Fontana, so I do have laps there. I was able to run for uh, for Carl Long. We had a TRD engine in there, and we had a full allotment of tires. Heck, we, at one point, we were running seventh in the race. I think we had a left front go down or something that kind of hurt us. But So I have a ton of confidence going into this weekend. I'm not much of a wall rider, so that's the one part that I'm going to have to work on is I'm a bottom feeder. You know, I, I like to, to get down on that white line and hug that white line. So I think that's one thing I'm going to have to work on throughout the se- season, just trying to, to build that confidence to ride right up against the, the wall. But I do have some some uh, some race wins on the truck side to credit me running the wall. So, you know, I've gotten it done doing it, but I, I'm much, much rather run the bottom if I can. Well, and I know that you want to get that second win because you want to get that elk hunt in. Now, you know what? You'll, you'll have checked both of those boxes, and Sheldon's going to have to play catch-up. You could beat him to the punch on that one. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, you know, that that's just that extra incentive uh, to go get the job done this coming up weekend. I, I got to go check that box off because I, I want that elk hunt bad. We appreciate you joining us here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. We'll get you out there, let you go play into carts and all that stuff. Safe travels out to the West Coast. Congratulations on getting your RCR career started off on the right foot there. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, I, I think starting with a new team, being able to win like we did right off the bat, that just builds the confidence going forward. It builds the trust in each other. And uh, I think RCR is going to have a great year. And I'm sure a lot of RCR fans are hoping for the same. Austin, thank you so much for joining us. All the best out West this weekend at Auto Club Speedway. Final item we have for you today, the odds for this weekend's event at the Auto Club Speedway. Let's bring in producer Trey. How do the odds look as we head West now for the second time in 2022, Trey? 
the odds are very different than what we've seen so far. Uh, it's very hard to predict a favorite at Daytona or even at uh, the LA Coliseum like we saw earlier this year. So the odds are a lot more spread out. But before we get into the odds for this week, Mike, I want to give you credit because last week on the show, we were talking about the odds for the Daytona 500 and both of us listed a favorite and both of us listed a long shot. Your long shot last week was Austin Sendrick. So uh, the bag man, a pretty good uh, prognosticator early in the season here. I believe Austin was uh, 25 to 1 going into the Daytona 500. So uh, that would have fetched you a pretty penny out there in Las Vegas. And we hope that some of you perhaps wagered some units on that. Uh, I did not, but if if you did, we salute you and we congratulate you because depending on the number of units you laid down, you had one heck of a payday coming your way because not a lot of folks saw Austin winning the 500. It was good for him and good for you folks out there that decided to to take a chance on that. Now, I can't guarantee this every week, but but we'll do our best. So, so what are they saying, at least in the early going, going into Fontana this weekend? So Austin Sendrick, the Daytona 500 champion, I'd be interested to see uh, the odds weren't up for this race last week, but I want to know if the Daytona 500 win changed Vegas's thoughts on him. He's 35 to one to win the race. The favorite is no surprise. The favorite is Kyle Larson, who uh, always seems to run well at this style of track. Uh, he is four to one as the favorite. Chase Elliott, eight to one, and Kyle Busch, eight to one are the co-second uh, favorites there. And then the odds are completely spread out. You go as deep as 1,000 to 1 this week, something that uh, we haven't seen so far this season. Now, as far as a long shot goes, one that I've kind of circled that I think is a very interesting one is a guy who I think could be in for a breakout year after he had a rough rookie season, comes in, finishes third in the Daytona 500. Chase Briscoe, 50 to 1 at Auto Club Speedway with this new car. Uh, I think that it is going to turn things around a little bit for Stuart Haas Racing. Briscoe is good at these style of these style of tracks these worn out racetracks he's won at homestead before in the xfinity series 50 to 1 i like chase briscoe for for this weekend but as far as if you're going for a safe bet i think you have to go kyle bush kyle bush has talked so much about how much he loves this two mile current configuration of auto club speedway it is still up in the air whether this is going to be the last race on the current configuration we saw how much it meant to kurt bush his brother last year to win on the final race on the uh the old Atlanta Motor Speedway. So I think I'm going with uh, Kyle Busch this weekend at eight to one odds to win the Wise Power 400. And I would say that that would be a wise choice because, you know, one of the good things, if you're a Kyle Busch fan, he made it to the end of a super speedway race and he made it to the end of the Daytona 500. He finished in sixth and he comes in as a four time winner out at Auto Club. I would say that he would be on the short list. Now, where things get a little complicated are with Kyle Larson. He is one of the many drivers that I believe um, is going to be grabbing a shovel to dig himself out of a hole. He's 26th in points, leaving the 500. Alex Bowman is 25th or worse. Harvick, C. Bell. You've got uh, Tyler Reddick. you got Denny Hamlin, William Byron, all trying to play catch up. And perhaps maybe that's thrown Vegas into a little bit of a tizzy. Well, I'll find out, but I, I like the, that Chase Briscoe scenario you just threw out there, Trey. Matter of fact, I'm going to make Chase Briscoe my dark horse for winning the Wise Power 400. By the way, speaking of that, our live coverage will begin from Southern California, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday afternoon. That's when NASCAR Live Race Day hits the air, and we get off and running with Race 2 of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. Don't forget to join us for Race Day, 2.30 Eastern on Sunday. 
Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, NASCAR Live. And, of course, we're right back here. Another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open dropping one week from today on Thursday. For producer Trey and the entire MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for downloading us, checking us out. Subscribe to us when you get a chance. And don't miss anything here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. Chat with you all next week. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.